I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. Well, you heard all about my wife and I, and in today's episode, we introduce you to the marriage of Tony and Jenna. I like telling dad jokes. Tell me a dad joke. Maybe someday he'll actually laugh. <laughs> was that a dad joke? Yeah. <laughs> that was so sad. Do you want a happy one? Yes. I went to the zoo last weekend and mm-hmm. I saw a baguette in the cage. Oh. The zoologist said he was bred in captivity. Wow. <laughs> wow. Welcome to episode 29, part two. Two. Episode 29? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Cool. Isn't that cool? So episode 29, part two. This is my husband, Tony. You guys have probably never heard his voice before. Hello, Here everyone. Here he is. This is my voice. There is his voice. I, I am only a voice. Only a voice. <laughs> Jenna married a voice. Nobody. No nothing. Nothing. Nobody. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we need so, Matt here to tell us our jokes are not funny. Well... I tell him his jokes aren't funny. I know. It's okay. That was a sad, sad sentence in his podcast. That was. I really felt... Made you feel so cynical. Yeah. Made me feel sad. I laugh at his jokes. Just, he needs to pick better ones. Um. Anyways, so welcome back. And we're really excited to um, be doing this episode. I have been really thinking about this episode for a really long time and just talking about marriage. Because Tony and I, how long have we been married now? Ten a years. Year and... <laughs> Wow, yeah. Mm-mm. 10 months? What month is it? A year and a half ish. December 10th is our anniversary. Yeah, so a year, a year, between a year and two years. <laughs> Math is hard. Anyways, so we do not have tips. Like, we. In Hold this on, let me episode, just get this straight. We well, decided not to be those parents that were like, my child is 1,024 weeks old. Oh, yeah. So we've been married for a year, and sometime this year, it'll be two years. (laughs) And that is how we define Adelaide's Yeah. She's like four-ish months old. Yeah-ish. Anyways, but we're really excited to be doing this episode and just talking about the finding the joys in the struggle, um, because there is a lot of struggle in marriage, and only being married almost two years, there's been quite a bit of it. So What? (laughs) What? Yeah, first of all, um, may I interject? Is of that course. Okay? I like that. It's good. Um, do not take this podcast episode as advice. In no. fact, if you're listening, send help because <laughs> w- this is not. That sounds so bad. We're not, I mean, we're fine, but <laughs> we are we are in much more need of help than we are in a place to give advice. I'm just saying, like, we love each other and that's good. Tony, do we need to go to counseling? Is this this moment that you tell me? I will just do an ingenuine podcast episode if that's what you want. Okay. No, our marriage Actually, wait. Do you want to go to counseling? Why? I've just kind of... Well, See, I wanted to go Tony to, likes therapy. I don't. I've never been to therapy, and I think I would it would really help me. Okay. Let's so, talk about this later. Okay. <laughs> 
anyways, so we just want to do this episode. I know Matt and Erica, they did some tips and um, resources and a, a lot more of that stuff. And then they talked about the relationship and how it's grown and developed. Tony and I just really want to talk about everything that has gone on and just the transition and quick disclaimer we're yes. o- we're okay we're fine um that those that were sounded like so bad jokes <laughs> he laughed the entire time just to he give you a little bit face. of an insight of how much fun we're having um you know when you were i have wine that's yeah. how much fun we're having yes jenna has wine I have whiskey. Whiskey. And we've basically made a blanket fort to try and yes. make a homemade audio studio, sound studio. And it's really fun. We've got Doctor Who blanket on the left. It's good. And a blue flame blanket on the right. How back long from have you like had that? Long and not, I don't know. Middle school? Probably Maybe. not, huh? It's, I probably, probably got college. it like embarrassingly old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah, no. And blanket forts were something we used to do. When we first started dating. So why don't we back it up and start talking about kind of how we met and that whole process from your side and your story. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, I grew up. We probably need to know who you are. My name is Anthony Damon DiBernardo. (laughs) Wow. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was named after the Japanese doctor who pulled me out of my mom. (laughs) Um, from my middle name my first name is from my father (laughs) I grew up liking to play hockey and sports and music I don't like long walks on the beach at night because I can't see the water level and it gives me anxiety why why don't you like seeing the water level what happens if you can't see the water level have you seen interstellar (laughs) you know that scene where they're like Mm, yes, we're on another planet. Look at that beautiful mountain range. <laughs> and it's a wave that's like 100,000 feet tall. Tony's biggest fear. For some reason, I had that fear 20 years ago before <laughs> that movie came out. So tsunamis, earthquake, so, the Great Rift. I don't know. Yeah. Andrea's fault. It's good. Anyway, it's um, I'm a triplet and that's fun. I have an identical brother and triplet sister. And I don't know. I grew up in Southern California. And yeah. I grew up, I, raised, I was raised Catholic, um, kind of. Um, I was raised in a Catholic family, and um, it was cool. My parents were really, really loving. They were really, really open. They kind of had the mentality of like, I don't care if you're this, 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 or this. Name anything that the Catholic Church, you know, is thought of to frown upon. Um, we'll still love you, and you can be anything you want. And so once we got confirmed, my parents were like, they didn't really force us to go to church. It was kind of like... You know, we'll ask you all to go to church, and when we ask, it'd be great if you can all come, type deal. Um, And so me and my siblings, we all led as leaders in the confirmation program, and um, I just kind of stuck it out a little longer than they did, so I'm still volunteering at church. And I drag you to church. They have tapered off. Not like to mass, but to help me. Jenna drags me, yes. Because he has PTSD with small groups oh, now oh man Are, we're not allowed we're to talk not going to talk either. about that we can we can name we None can give them, them listen. different names no we don't need to talk about that that's not what this podcast is about. man i've had some hard small groups everyone he has been a saint in that area <laughs> i get a year off and i'm yeah. on baby duty this year exactly okay um cool so so that's who you are that's now, who I how am. did we meet how did we meet in your imagination yeah so when 
uh, I was a year older than Jenna in school, and so we both found ourselves at community college one year, and we both took the same math class. I sat right in front of her because I thought she was super cute, but well, she was always... Well, you sat in the first row, and I sat in the last row, and you Slowly, were a suck-up, we s- and I slept the entire class. When you class. <laughs> suck at math, you have to suck up in order to pass, which... Neither of us did. We both failed that class, except no, I sucked up and got a C. Yes, you jerk. <laughs> I was so mad yeah. when I found that out. Yeah. Anyways, so you sat in the front row, I sat in the back row, and I slept and drooled and smelled like soccer. She smelled like sweaty soccer stuff. Um, but I looked at her and always thought, that's like that super cute athletic girl that I'm never going to get. And so I just kind of like would crumple up empty pieces of paper and walk <laughs> to the back of the class and throw them in the trash can and she never looked at me how many times was i asleep though i don't remember probably half of the time my parents are probably listening to this thinking wow jenna your daughter failed a class (laughs) i did they knew about it though um so in that class we did not speak a word to each other and another year passed by until we actually met So I was at a young adult group at my church. She was at a young adult group at her church. We contacted the diocese to see if any other groups were going on. Turns out they were. We joined hers. Mm -hmm. And we, this is going to start getting really cheesy and romantic and gross. But You're all going to vomit. It's amazing. It's going to vomit. It's going to vomit. Well. You're going to vomit. It's been vomiting on me all night. Let's not talk about vomit anymore. It's all over me anyways. Babies. Oh, dear. Um. So then we decided to join you guys for a night, a youth night, Mm -hmm. and we walk into the room, and I see you, and I knew that I was being given a second chance because I had such a big crush on you the year before and never said a word to you. I actually leaned over to my best friend and said, I'm going to marry her. (laughs) I think I was half joking, but I was definitely at least half serious. Yeah. And that was cool. I ended up marrying you, so... You did. That's that how true. we met. I was also a scumbag. I was like... I was those guys that Matt... Um, those, like, fake Christians that Matt described in the last episode that, like, you should be ashamed of, that was me. So, good, good time. We'll get into that. Good times. We'd be, like, yeah. both hanging out, and I've, I'd be at a party, and, and I'd, somebody would tell me that Jenna was coming, and I'd be like, oh, God, and we'd have to, like, scrub everything down put away all the adult things it was a cute attempt at trying (sighs) it was really sweet i i mean i was that sucker that fell for it though well trying to change myself for you didn't cause any emotional stress later in life so that's good no we're not nothing we're dealing with now Mm -mm. so how was it from your end babe my end so from my end so the reason why i smelled like soccer and let me back that up i was playing soccer (laughs) it's not like i just like always smell like soccer i just Um, loved soccer i just loved it so i just rolled it in all the time um no i was on the um soccer team in college and so um i would come from practice super duper sweaty she was that girl in the soccer field that you hated that was like what? super fast and always in your way and wouldn't let you get the ball past oh, midfield. That's cute. I miss soccer. Anyways, so I came from soccer practice. I was sweaty and so I always sat in the back because I'd smell and I didn't want anybody to smell me. And um, I also was really mad that I was taking retaking the class from high school. I was just beyond mad. Anyways. It was so, trig, by the way. Was it really? No, it wasn't. It was pre-calc. Oh, pre-calc. Yeah. I was mad because I took that in high school. Okay. And first of all. We don't need to talk about this. Not to brag. 
I ended up taking more math classes after that. And pre-calc is way harder than calculus. Is it? Yes. Yeah, I guess I took calculus after that. That's all I have Anyways, to say. Continue. Um, so I sat in the back. I smelled. He sat in the front. And I remember always crushing on him. And then I was always like, no, but I don't know him. And he's probably not Catholic. And so whatever. And I try and ignore him. And then he would drop papers in front of me. And I'd panic and like stare down at my paper or pretend like I was paying attention when I never was. And so. You're like, oh, God, he's wearing a V-neck. <laughs> <laughs> one day um i don't remember if i've told you this you walked in with a saint killian's shirt retreat shirt and i flipped now everyone out. knows where you live oh no they already do anyways so he came in with the retreat shirt and i freaked out and was like oh my gosh he's catholic and that church is right around the corner and da, 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 da. and so the last day of school our class i tried to get your attention i walked by your desk to drop my test off and tried to get your attention i dressed up all cute and then I walked by again after I put my test down and you did not look up. And I was like, well, I could stand outside for like five minutes. And I stood outside for like five minutes. Are you kidding? No. And you did not come out. And so I was like, dang, okay, well, I tried and I left. Yeah, I waited. You didn't come out. So you were being too good. In my jaws dropped. Oh, I was not being good. Know. I was trying to. Were you cheating? Figure out how to finish that test. Mm, I studied real hard. I still failed that class. I retook it and I got an A. It's good. Anyways, so. Um, That's just for your mom and dad, right? It is. <laughs> so then we did. We started our young adult group and you walked in and I remember freaking out and turning to my best friend and saying, that's the guy from my math class I told you all about. And she freaked out and we both got up and I ran over to you and was like, hey, do you remember me? I was in your math class. And you looked at me and you're like, yes. And then it all began. We got married, popped out a kid less than a year later. Yeah, it was great. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> four and a half years later, uh, we got married four and a half years later. Yeah. Um. So how was dating for us? What I mean, actually, we're not talking about dating. Dating was hard. Dating was rough. Well, dating was really good until we started being honest with ourselves about like what it was. Mm-hmm. Just to have a quick note on dating. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you were dating or considering dating in the catholic sense um i something that we with morals is that what you meant yeah okay i don't know i feel like so when when jen and i morals yeah when jen and i first started dating like i said i was not you know the greatest guy i basically told her everything she wanted to hear and well most of it was pretty true to be to be frank the the motive behind telling her was to get her to want to date me and then when we were confronted with the temptations and everything that came along with trying to have a Catholic relationship, things got really hard because there was not really a foundation on my end and I wasn't really strong enough for Jenna to lean on. Mm. So we figured that out, but I think we figured it out the hard way. What do you mean the hard way? Like failing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. trying to pick ourselves back up and not destroy ourselves with shame and guilt and stuff (laughs) guilt is good shame is bad um yeah so yeah dating was really really it was good and it was really fun because we would do things to impress each other and to have fun and to keep it fresh um but yeah it was definitely hard in the the moral aspect of trying to um stay chaste and be virtuous and to grow together in our faith when i mean I was very, very um, 
much pursuing my faith. And I'm trying to say this without. Just say it. Well, no, you were just in a different place. You were in a different place than I was. I really was pursuing my faith then, but I really didn't have a lot of guidance. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, where I did. I had I had a lot of people. My family was um, a huge guidance for me in my entire life. My parents have always been um, big lights of Christ. And, and so for me, it was a little bit easier because I had people to look up to. My youth minister was great. Um, yeah, for me, my leaders in high school were alcoholics. Yeah, my leaders weren't great, but... Yeah. So we were like, oh, we can drink because we're with our Catholic friends. anyways okay so we're like totally off topic but so dating was hard and then we began discerning marriage um discerning marriage was really hard but let's talk about marriage because that's kind of it's what what this episode brings us together um today so so there's been a lot of joys in the struggle um there's been a lot of struggles in marriage a lot of struggles in marriage but um who were we before, or who were you, Tony, before we got married, and then who are you like now after that we've been married? Like, has there been a change in maybe how you view things, or how oh, you yeah. sacrifice, or... So, this is going to sound really pessimistic, but I promise it's only because I struggle really bad with anxiety. Um, marriage kind of felt like the end of my life. Like, when it, when we were engaged and I thought of getting married... It literally felt like everything that I ever wanted to do in my life had to be done before we got married. And not in like just the stupid husband sense of like, yep, you know, you're going to be in a trap and you're going to be stuck forever, ball and chain, man. And uh, not really like that. It was more of like marriage is so unknown to me and I have no control. I feel like I have no control over what that's going to be like. So the time I do have control over, I need to make sure that this time is mine. And so um, I was trying to do a lot. I was taking a lot of courses at school. I decided to go back to school. And for me, when I go to school, it's very tunnel vision. So Jen and I's relationship suffered. Um, But during that semester is when we got engaged, Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, I don't regret getting married, but that was way too early to get engaged. Like I still think that, you know, people say that if you're not ready, if you wait till you're ready, then you're never going to get engaged. Mm-hmm. Even looking back on it now, it was like, oh, that may have been just super early scared me, you know. So I think before marriage, I was scared mm-hmm. and I was really anxious. And I don't know. I just I just remember so much anxiety. Yeah. Um, because this lifestyle that Jen and I were living the one that I had just recently started taking seriously, I was about to make a lifetime commitment to. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. When you've when been living, living a, different, a way. different way for the first 20 years of your life. Yeah. Well, and Satan is so good at telling you that your life is going to end, that the life that you are living is the only way to live or that it's um, the best way to live. And especially because Satan has really, really attacked uh, marriage in general in our society, in our world. Um, And so for you to pursue your faith in the way that you were trying to pursue it and then pursue marriage um, and discerning marriage, Satan really, I think, just attacked 
all of that for both of us and made us doubt a lot of things um, and placed some obstacles in our way and a lot of fear in our way. Yeah. You, and the, the crazy thing about all of that, and this is probably very similar to a lot of Catholic couples, but when we got married, it very much disappeared for a time. Like the fear and the doubt and stuff. Uh, yeah. Everything. Even the feeling that Satan was meddling with us. Everything mm, disappeared for a time. Yeah, it did. Um, well, that's that honeymoon phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like the Catholic version of honeymoon phase. Yeah. Like Satan isn't attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> Happy honeymoon. Great. But then, um, yeah, so that was great. We were living in a, in a really nice place, probably nicer than we it. deserved. <laughs> I yeah. miss it. We had carpet. Oh, oh carpet. And a nice kitchen. Mm, kitchen. <sighs> Anyways. Anyway. Um, and after, after that, it was great. My anxiety was still present, but it wasn't taking over. Um, I was just beginning to learn about sacrifice. Um, and the decision was made. And I think that the hardest part for me is anxiety of living with decisions that I have yet to make. And so the fact that we had made a decision Mm. and I had consciously done it, knowing that that's what I wanted it allowed me to just kind of let it all go and just be like, I am now a married man and this is weird, but that's okay. <laughs> this is weird. I still feel like a child and I have a child. I think everybody still feels like a child. I don't Only think the, we really... Well, not everyone. No, but not like a child. Like, I mean, like, people are immature, but not in like an immature sense, but we... In like yeah. an enter heaven kind of way? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, the transition, I, it's so funny. There's just so much to it. The transition was easy. And in a sense that it was, it was definitely weird, uh, living apart. And then all of a sudden one day now we're married and we get to live together and wake up together. And it was like sleepovers every night. We wore onesies so many times. Oh my gosh. One of my teens had said that. Aren't you excited to have sleepovers every night with your husband? It's like, oh yeah. We literally made bed sheet forts, had onesies and (laughs) got Chinese food so many times. Children. We also didn't have furniture for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was was fun. fun. (laughs) I miss not having furniture. You don't have to. I miss sitting in, in, our Indian style in the kitchen eating Chinese food. That was fun. We did that a lot. But now I can't eat Chinese food. <laughs> Anyways. So, oh, that actually brings up a good point. So when I, when we got engaged, I really wanted to live on my own because I'd never lived on my own before. And I knew that that was going to be a really important aspect for myself in growing in, um, growing in independence for my parents. I love them so much. Um, and I relied on them a lot in a lot of different areas. And so I really felt like I needed to just kind of begin that transition. And so for what, six months? It's a trap, everyone. It's just an excuse for them to get to tell you they're lonely and get cats. And then you have to move in and live with the cats. (laughs) Yes, I got cats. Anyways, so... I lived for my by myself for like six five, months. Oh, yeah. six months. That's a long time. But Anyways, that, was, that sucked though. It I mean, was hard, but it was good because it gave me really good. Um, she either had habits. a really persistent demon, or there was a drunk that kept forgetting yeah, to go up the flight of stairs. There was somebody that was a jerk that kept being a jerk at my door at two a.m. But, anyways. Um, that transition was really, really good and healthy for me because I learned to be independent on my own, have good, 
um, just like responsibilities and kind of rely on myself a little bit more and stand on my own two feet. And I felt like that was something I really needed before marriage. Um, just to not uh, people say like, I need to know who I am, but it wasn't in that sense of like, I need to know who I am, but I needed to know that I could do it by myself. Like I, I could rely on myself and I could be by myself, um, so that I could be healthy in a marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah. You need to make sure that you can be healthy on your own before you can like bring yourself and give yourself to another. Yeah. So it was good. So the transition was, was definitely weird and kind of really scary. Um, but it was really needed. And then the hard part was living in our apartment by myself and then having you move in. Yeah. And disrupt all of my order that I had created in my life <laughs> in a good way. But there, you don't realize like how specific you do things until somebody comes in and disrupts them. Yeah. And I, I did that for you too. <laughs> but So then marriage. Yes. So marriage was... It's bringing back a lot. So marriage is really interesting in the sense that we both had our ways of doing things and trying to merge those ways took a really long time to adjust to. So like, yeah, I'm very routine oriented. And one day Jen is like, I'm going to roll the towels. And the next day she's like, I'm going to fold them. And I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) leave. So I, so Tony and I are very two different people. I, um, but we are one flesh. We have documentation. Okay. (laughs) Um, I do not have like repetitive things that I do. I am not very routine. I'm kind of sporadic and just go with the flow. Whereas Tony loves routine in the morning. He loves doing the same things. He's very repetitive. And so it totally throws him off. When I'm just... When Jenna wakes up and goes, can you make me breakfast? <laughs> I have to make four eggs instead okay, of two. But my dad... I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, that's such a big no, change in your routine. I'm kidding. I don't make um, breakfast. <laughs> sad day. Sad Anyways, day. I'm not going to talk about my dad. My dad is amazing. He makes my mom breakfast every morning. Anyways, so... Um, Let's do this. No. Let's throw down. I don't want to... I want to throw down, but I don't want to throw down... Um, I want to ask you a like, few yeah, questions. Tony, you're a scumbag. Make her breakfast. Was there any anything that was really hard for you for transitioning into a marriage? I don't think I've ever characterized myself as a mama's boy. It's not really something that I ever identified with. Uh-huh. I really hated moving out of my parents' house. You did. You would always. Oh, my gosh. You totally did. I remember. I miss my parents' house. I miss. I was uh, so I was one of those kids that like was afraid to walk downstairs when it was dark. (laughs) Like, in if it was like two a.m., I was not walking downstairs. The lights were off. There were things in the shadows. That's just me. So when I was when I was at my parents' house, I just felt safe because there was always someone older than me who could protect me. Oh yeah. And that's something that. I have felt for a long time that I haven't like been able to protect myself or anybody. So I think moving in with you, the biggest thing that I had to learn was that, well, you were the big boy. <laughs> I was the man of the house, but even though Jenna could deadlift way more than I could, cause she's like a CrossFit master person. Um, and that took a while for me to transition to, because I've never been like a manly man. I've always just, you are a manly man. I appreciate that. I Is like that why me. you tried to name your cat manly? 
Okay, that was a cute name, and I can't believe you told me I couldn't name him that. Although, I let you name him because I thought I was you naming him would actually make you want him. But you still don't want him. That's true. Animals will cause a lot of disrupt in your household if one person loves animals and the other person just likes them. I, You know what? When I was living at my parents' house, mm, I parents. had stuff on shelves. <laughs> and now have stuff on I shelves. have to tape things down or have them 10 feet high. You know what? Our cat is currently sitting on the table next to us, but... He's gotten better. Besides the point. He used to do hot laps in the morning and take everything off every surface. It's fine. We survived. So anyway, transitioning, worse than babies. transitioning from my parents' house to my house. I think the transition that Jenna got was good. Um, yes, it was. And I was like, we were getting married in a, like 10 days. And I was like, can I, can I just stay here? <laughs> <laughs> no, that well, was hard, but it ended up being good. And what was so funny was there were nights I wasn't staying in the apartment. And I said, you know what? Why don't you go stay there and get used to living in there nope. without me? Nope, nope, and nope, you nope, said nope. no every single time. And I was like, what is wrong? Why? I just won't. It just took go me, live there for It like took two me a seconds. long time to learn how to sleep in a house by myself because I grew up with a huge family. Yeah. It just wasn't used to it. Yeah. So are you saying I'm more confident and have more cojones than you? Yes. Okay. Especially since we've rigged our baseball bat like Negan. You? He has a baseball bat with a shoe on the end of it to kill bugs. But I feel whoa, like whoa, it's whoa, for whoa, other whoa. reasons. We We don't need to talk about this. Does not normally have a shoe on it. We don't need to talk about And I put a shoe on it. To kill you spiders. also kept a hatchet next to your bed when you wake up randomly in the middle of the night and look at me and start talking and don't remember any of this. Hold on. I had to Those hide two the hatchet are separated. because I'm terrified you are going to wake up and hit me one morning or night. First of all, shout out to my friend Brady shout who out. Uh, gave us the best I wedding gift that. ever. He gave us a huge plaid blanket, a hatchet, <laughs> a camping hatchet, and settlers. Thanks, of Brady. So that's all I got to say about that. Thank you. Anyways, so. Transition was hard. I think it was a little bit easier for me because I moved out of my house. It was definitely hard in the sense that you had your routine and something you were so used to doing. Um, but we got through it. How was how was living, like waking up? Well, I think it's important, real quick, sorry, to next say time. how we did. How did we do? We literally, and this is going to be our, our... We almost went back to our, our priest <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. But we definitely, this is our fix for a lot of things, but mm. we definitely over-communicated everything. That is something we have done, we did in our relationship, in our dating relationship, and we have continued into our marriage. Yeah, it very we much has to be like, both of us have to be in a state that's open. So it's like, okay, yeah. Jenna, I'm I'm really open to hearing what you have to say, but please know that I'm far more open to hearing it in the morning because at nighttime... I'm really, I'm really cranky when I get tired. Okay, so that was, yeah, that's something that we've been good at, but then there's been a couple times that that hasn't been communicated, and it's poop. So true. That is, communication is something we can speak to and say that we are very good at and that we can actually get tips on, um, I feel like. Yeah. Right? Um, communication is very, 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 very important in a relationship, but it's also... You have to have a level head about it all and understand that the person is hurt and that they have their their feelings are valid. No matter what you are feeling, their feelings are valid and you have to validate that they have those feelings. Yeah, the truth is is that in that emotional state, 
there's a very good chance that one or both of you are being really irrational. Yeah. But um, in order for that person, either person, to feel comfortable to come to terms, they must feel heard, even if mm-hmm. they sound crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So communication, which everybody says is super important, but, but it really many of is. us don't do well. Um, also hugging it out, no matter how mad you are at each other. <laughs> I really feel like you have to get to a certain point before you can hug. It's like physical contact is very important. It no, it is, but hugging when you're still really pissed at each other is not really helpful, in my opinion. How many times? Okay, yes. Once you've talked it out, I'm talking about after you've talked it out. Oh yes, after. Uh, Afterwards, you have to hug or do something else or kiss or whatever. Um, I think the slang term also is. no, don't, don't. <laughs> the expression of the sacrament of matrimony in the <laughs> makeup sense is also very good um, in terms of reconciling. Thank you for putting it very pastorally. Better. Um, anyway, so communication is very, very key. And that I think has Jenna's been. Blushing. I'm not. I'm fine. She's fine. I just know that I have people that are very close to me that listen to this and I just don't want you to be explicit. That must have been even though I can be explicit in every other kindest episode. most pastoral way I could have put that. No, I think it's good. Um I can call it Californication if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so what has been What do you think we have sacrificed in marriage? Well, I think that's very different for either for both of us. Yeah. What have you sacrificed in marriage? Um, what do you feel like has been the biggest thing for you? If you have something off the top of your head that you've sacrificed, feel free to go. I, I don't want to... I wrote the question down and am asking you... <laughs> Great. I am the guest. <laughs> you are the guest. I will follow up once I have I just don't want it to feel it. like... I don't want it to come across as like, I've sacrificed so much. Oh, woe well, is me. We know, we know that one of the major things you've sacrificed is your master's and, and pursuing... Um, that like NASA be, and that wasn't and for stuff. marriage, though. I feel like we could have made that happen in marriage. To give you guys a little bit of an insight, um, about a year ago, I started having symptoms, and six months ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And it's not, you know, it's not extremely severe. It is manageable, but it is stress-induced. And I am just go, go, go all the time. I am Enneagram three, and I have to be successful <laughs> at every. Every, yeah. I have to be successful at everything, or at least I have to achieve, I have to feel, I feel like my value is based off my achievement. And so, especially this past year when I felt like I was scrambling to f- confirm who I was in, in marriage, <gasps> Sorry, um, I tried to do everything. So I tried to host my own podcast and I tried to do a master's degree and I tried to create an online course and I tried to train to be an tried? astronaut. You created an online course. Okay, that's course. fine. I was learning self-defense because I am a mama's boy who doesn't know how to protect himself. All, all these things. Oh, and I had a kid. <laughs> oh, and I... You didn't try to have a kid. You had a kid. <laughs> did not know how to digest food for an entire year of my life. So... Yeah. I went to the doctor, a uh, holistic doctor, and he recommended... Um, that I just drop everything except for wife, job, baby. Wife, job. Those are very important Very things. important. And so, friends. yes, I sacrificed a master's degree and among other things. But that was for my well-being. I wouldn't say that was for marriage. I'd say for marriage, 
timing? Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, when I this I don't resent Jenna for this. I still believe that this is in my future, most of it. Um and I'm I made this decision consciously, but when I was dating Jenna, I was going back for a degree in physics and I wanted to work for NASA and I wanted to do internships and go away to school in Arizona and things like that. And Jenna and I had a conversation that was not an ultimatum, but it was kind of mm-hmm. like it Jenna saying, I want to get married. And if you don't want to get married, I'd like to know. And so I wanted to be a dad before I wanted to be any of those other things. So that was a point where I was very real with myself in saying that this is going to have to be things that I sacrifice in order to make Jenna happy and in order to really chase what I feel like would really fulfill me. When in reality, those things were very hard to sacrifice. Um, and I, right now I'm kind of in the zone of, of kind of scrambling to figure out how I can still be fulfilled in the ways that I sought out before marriage. And that's what's still a little unclear. Mm. That's why I do the podcast. And that's why I wanted to try and get an online master's. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm trying to fill it with stuff. It'll come. I have faith that it'll come. I feel like God put the desire to marry you on my heart so much more strongly than he did for me to chase those things. But those desires are still very strong on my heart. And I don't believe they lead me away from God. So I have full faith that I will be led to those, whether they're professions or hobbies. But that was just hard without having that foresight. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I was just trying to think about it because I, I actually didn't think about this question very well um, for myself. I think for me, this might sound kind of weird. Um, it's been a lot of my ego, like sacrificing a lot of my ego. And I didn't realize how big my ego was until I got married and until I started dating Tony. Um, does that... Why, though? I mean, how? I don't, it's, it's like, in a good way. Sacrificing my ego and, I like, know, but give bringing... Us like I know, I will. Little. I will. And, like, bringing more humility to my life. So, for me... Who came I across... like being right. Jenna came across as very, very humble, though. It's not like she was super arrogant all the time. This was more internal. Yeah. Oh, oh. And I have another one. Um... You well, came across as being right. I came wanted. across being, yeah, as wanting to be right all the time. Well, I wanted to be right all the time. Um, and I also, if, I'm trying to think of how to put this into words. I can, I can kind of just to, go ahead. Let me add something. In the beginning of our relationship, Jenna, Jenna did not say sorry. <laughs> Never. It I don't took, like saying sorry. It took sorry. marriage prep for our priest to look at us and say, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Tony, you just apologized for everything that you guys are fighting about, and it's all Jenna's fault. Um, I'm bad. You guys need to figure this out, and that person was also Jenna's boss. So, <laughs> or is now. Um, so, yeah, that, but Jenna has gotten a little better at that, but yeah. that, that was something that has to do with her. I, yeah, I. Mm, so. The problem is, though, that this is the main problem. She is right a lot of the time. And that's why, because it my, my it purposefully big. gets into her head. Yeah, it does. It totally does. Um, or maybe I'm still being too apologetic. Yeah. You suck, Jenna. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have learned. 
Nice. I have learned to apologize. I have learned um, to sacrifice. Realizing that I'm not always right. I don't, I'm trying to think of how to say this because it is really, it's hard to put it into words of the sacrificing the feelings that I have. Um, There's so many feelings that I have that I just so want to tell everyone. I need to let you speak. Inside me. Um, but I'm also really not good about putting my feelings into words and talking about them. So I don't know. So how do I say that? Well, something to know about Jenna is that she, um, she loves to help everyone and <laughs> refuses to what accept help. What's my Enneagram? You're a number two. You're a number helper. Two. I'm a helper. <laughs> and so, um, for those of you who don't know, Enneagram is a very cool personality. Uh, kind Just of look testing. it up on the internet. It's super accurate and very fun. It's great. Um, and Makes so you cry. <laughs> she yeah, really gets helps you get to know yourself. Actually, quick side note about it. It really gave reasoning for a lot of things I thought were wrong about me. Mm, there you go. That's but good. actually are just part of me. Anyway, I just knew it all about myself. So, you know, it's fine. The I'm whole right. time. So Jenna <laughs> helps others and doesn't really allow people to come in and help her. So I think the lack of openness in that area has forced her to kind of live on this island where the only opinion and the only help that is there is her own. Okay, that's also called youth ministering yourself, which I'm very good at. Are you a youth minister? I am a youth minister, but I'm not saying I'm a very good youth minister. I'm just saying I've gotten really good at telling myself what a youth minister yeah, would tell me. Yeah, all she does is get coffee problems. with herself. That's what a youth minister <laughs> I just sit does. And talk to okay, you're going through this, and you're really sad, and so you just need to talk to Jesus and go to adoration more and reconciliation, and I was too close. Um... Jenna was too close to the mic. She Sorry. was topping out. Sorry. Guys. Anyways, so I think I've just, I've really sacrificed. I can't put it in, I can't say it like that, but I have done a lot of internal examining of self reflection. Yeah, okay. thank you. Wow, <laughs> words are hard. Looking at where I don't like being vulnerable, where I don't like showing people who I am, um, and Trying to reveal that to Tony because those are things that Tony needs. To, why are you laughing at me? I'm thinking about the dad joke we told. Oh. Sorry. Couldn't t- can you start over a little bit? You weren't even listening, were you? This is something we were talking about earlier. Tony doesn't listen to me at all. It's not that I don't listen to you. I just he don't really listen. listen. He's not a good listener. Anyways, I'm saying that I am working on being vulnerable and allowing others to see the places I don't like them to see. So especially Tony, letting Tony into those places and letting myself feel, which sounds stupid, but anyways, I've sacrificed my walls is what I have sacrificed. I'm proud of you. Thank you. For saying that to all these people. Hi, friends. You are my friends and I like you. Anyways, so those are the things that, um, what do we say? We have been the sacrifice. Okay. And what about... What do you think has been the hardest thing in marriage? Wow. Yeah. The hardest thing? Um, there's a lot of different stuff. Talk about. There's a, would, I, I mean, there's a lot. Would you say that NFP is the hardest thing? Because I don't think it's the hardest thing. <laughs> was that, out of, that was out of nowhere. I know. I was thinking about NFP for NFP a is easy for me. Well, that's good. Never mind. <laughs> Another episode. Mm-hmm. We're, we actually are going to do an F- there, episode on FP. But. Um, there are 
a couple of hard things. Um, having a baby and realizing that you have to be way more intentional about loving each other. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing, mm. like, I think that something, you know what, the hardest thing for me about marriage is learning what sacrifice means. Because before marriage, you're very willing to sacrifice things. You're very willing. You're you're so down. Like <laughs> you, The you, idea of sacrifice sounds you're nice. You're like, I'm going to be such a man of God and sacrifice <laughs> my everything for my wife just as God did for the church. And then... And then the opportunity presents. Oh, oh. you want to hear something cool? Yeah. I was... I read the daily readings today. Oh yeah, for the Did first you? time. In a oh, long that's time. another thing we should talk about. And he was. It was the wife submit to your husband's one. And every time I think of that, I cringe because at my old church, whenever somebody said that, we'd get like these smartass, you know, adults in the back, these immature men who just smirked the whole time. And so, anyway, it was this wife submit to your husband's one, and husbands love your wives. And it was the first time I had, and this may may make me seem very immature um, or childish in my knowledge, but it was the first time I had noticed that he said, um, men, love your wives and um, give yourself or sacrifice yourself for your, your wives just as, as God, as just as Jesus did to the church because... Jesus sacrificed everything he had for the church, and we are members of the body of Christ. And it, it, it Saint um, Paul brought it back to say that in marriage we are one flesh, and so that I must still give everything I have for this flesh, for my body, which is my family. And I thought that was really cool. That's not something I've put together before. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> what has been the hardest thing? Um, you said sacrifice. Oh, yeah. So before marriage, you're like, I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And then you realize when you get married that sacrifice is actually giving things up that you really do not want to give things up. Like, what when you're faced with sacrifice when it's actually time to do it, you're not, you're not going to automatically have that mindset of like, you know what? It's for the betterment of my family. I'm just going to do it. And that's not automatic. For me, it was very much like kicking and screaming, letting go of certain things. And I think you kind of have to go through that. I, I really don't regret like the way I handled anything, but just looking back and realizing now in hindsight, there were just things that I wasn't ready to let go of just freedoms not like crazy freedoms but it's mostly just time personal space and personal time that I couldn't be selfish with anymore I think that was the hardest thing I couldn't just take a day to myself especially now with Adelaide yeah I think for me the hardest thing is getting is when we get into I said I don't like routines, but kind of when we get into a routine of um, our life and we forget that we need to date each other and our days just kind of muddle together and that our days um, are like doing dishes and yeah, we just kind of get overwhelmed and 
there's so much to do and there's so many there's that that long long list of of things we have to do and people say date your date your spouse um but that can be so difficult especially when you transition from not having a child to having a child I think that transition for us has been hard because we I had such a long healing process that it took a long time for us to get back into the group of things and have some new normal. Well, at the same time, we, we weren't really dating very well before Adelaide. Yeah, we were. We would go on our Friday dates or we would go on a, da- a date a week. I mean like right what before Adelaide. Oh, right before Adelaide. Well, I was super pregnant. I think you were super pregnant and I was super Crohn'sy. Yeah. And Crohn'sy? It sounds like a band. That's Halsey. I was, yeah. Halsey. <laughs> I like... You guys, when you can't digest food and it's it just may puts you in a bad mood. So I think we were both just having a pity party at home. I wasn't having pity. I was having a pity party. My child wasn't out of me. I really wanted to meet her. Yeah. I was perfectly fine with her. Yeah, being Jenna pregnant. was a champ as a pregnant woman. I loved being pregnant. Anyways, but that transition was really hard in the sense that we just took a long time to find a new normal. And now our new normal has not included dating um, as much as it should. That That's true. Um, but to give shed a little light on having a baby, because that's a huge part of marriage. Yeah. I think you guys probably know this already, but Jenna's labor was 49 hours. I haven't talked about it. Oh, you haven't? I don't think so. It was, um, It and of course, women, please don't yell at me. It this was, is not a competition. It was way <laughs> harder all. for Jenna. Way harder. But those two days were really hard on the both of us. Mm-hmm. Jenna, emotionally and physically. Me, very emotionally. You were very physically, too, because you were trying, not as physically as me, obviously, but um, he was constantly putting pressure on my back or giving me massages, or he was up for, you were up for those two days. I, I've talked to my parents about this, and they recommended that I try and focus on more positive things, but just for the sake of this um, like story... Those two days felt like a never-ending nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. of just being awake and Jenna being in pain and, and everything like that. And so going through that and then just being handed a, a newborn, which is the first newborn I've ever held, that really rocked my world individually and our world collectively just as, I, a, as a couple, I mean. Yeah, it's so funny because I don't view it negatively in any way shape or form it's like yeah it sucked it was not fun but yeah like, well you get the chemical release oh yeah but still <laughs> me and your mom were just like taking turns man yeah anyway so that transition was is um probably harder than the other transition for I us i think that you if i don't if there's time or if it's appropriate you and matt should really talk about that transition because i i didn't know about it or how to deal with it and that made it really hard yeah that's a great idea yeah um Maybe we can do another episode on it. Mm-hmm. What? You know, this is great. Instead of couples therapy, let's just let's just do episodes do our own and everybody podcast can on listen marriage. to us talk. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So for Tony and I, I mean this this is a good example um, of of how we do grief differently, but or like negative aspects how we deal with negative things yeah encounters in our life um because tony for my birth you kind of tend to focus a little more i was i was only nine months old not my birth oh your labor my labor i'm sorry um sorry number two 
guys. This is good. I apologize a lot now, you guys. It's good. <laughs> Anyways, so for my labor, you kind of tend to focus a little more on the negative stuff. Right. When it is kind of happening to you, when stuff is happening to you, you tend to focus more on the negative. Right? Would you say? Yeah, but you were so, like a freaking boss and pushed that baby out. I would feel like a champ too. Anyway, yeah, I was a boss. But anyways, so we we tend to deal with grief differently. Yeah. Um, Tony and I had a miscarriage nine months into our marriage. Yeah, yep. Nine months into our marriage. And um, something that if you get married and you're listening to this podcast or you are married, you may have discovered you are going to handle grief very, very differently than your spouse. Yeah. And that was something that was a huge learning curve for both of us because for me, that grief hit me very, very hard, obviously, um, because it was so real but for me. Not, but not obviously to me. I was a sobbing I mess mean, all the time. You said that that grief hit you hard, obviously. But to me, that's not really, it's not really obvious that a miscarriage would hit you hard because, yeah, if, if somebody looked at you, they would think, yes, obviously she's being hit hard. But I'm saying from my point of view that that's not an obvious thing. Right now? No, back then. <laughs> back then. Well, during, yes, during the miscarriage and then the days to follow, it was very obvious that the grief hit me. Correct. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh, yes. Um, I thought you meant that, obviously, because it's a miscarriage, it hit me hard. I see. Yeah. Anyways, so... Jenna's gave me the I see, but just to keep things moving, even though she doesn't see. Yeah, I don't get it. It's okay. So, <laughs> so, for me, it was very, very difficult because it was very, very real to me. Um, well, yeah, you were pregnant and you I was, passed the baby. Yes. So for you, Tony, how how was handling grief for you in that moment? Um, this is, and maybe I think about what other people think about me too often. I'm often afraid how I'm coming across when I say things like this, but miscarriage okay. wasn't, you know, I have the belief that life starts at conception, but miscarriage just wasn't a child to me. Well, it wasn't real. T- we only were pregnant for... Four weeks. Yeah, we weren't pregnant for a very long time. There was nothing visible for you. You didn't feel the physical changes happening in my body. So, yeah, so I think that's something that is common for men that well, isn't talked about. The thing is... is Mi- Miscarriage is not... Miscarriage is not about. talked about, but the way in which I grieve is that I just shut down and don't allow emotions to come in immediately, and months later, I'll do my grieving. Mm-hmm. It's not very healthy, but... When my dog died, I really, like, my whole family was a mess. And I was like, okay, let's just keep living life. And then yeah. three months later, I was like, oh, <laughs> And so with the miscarriage, I really, first of all, didn't understand the gravity of it. But second of all, I was on my way to work. And mm-hmm. I remember being at a stoplight. And Jenna had called me and said, come home now. I'm bleeding a lot. And emotionally, nothing was happening. But in my brain, I knew for a fact, okay, I know this is serious enough for me to take the entire day off work. I know that Jenna is probably going to be in a lot of pain, and I just need to be there for her 
But me being there for her and separating the emotion came across to Jenna like I didn't care and that it didn't affect me. And so that's something that you can't really plan. You can't really communicate how you grieve before it happens. So that was something that kind of shook us too. Yeah. Grief is going to hit people very, very differently. And so that's not, yeah, that's not something you can really prepare for until it happens. Um, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's just my personality to say if something has happened that is causing grief I'd rather be useful in this moment and help people grieve and then just I can grieve later because I really I don't want anyone there oh see so I just want to cry by myself yeah you're grieving if you want to be alone crying is so good y'all I hate crying oh so good (laughs) it's probably something wrong with me um yeah, so grieving is always going to look different for you, and it's going to be extremely hard for me. It made me feel, because we grieved differently, um, it made me feel very, very alone, and like I was very isolated, and like Tony didn't understand me. Yeah, because um, I did not. Because, yeah, there was well, Jenna, obviously... Well, Jenna lost a child, didn't. and I did not. Yeah. Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. Um so this isn't something you can prepare for, but just something to mentally know, maybe as just like a take note, um, that when something happens like this or grief happens in your life with a spouse, um, it's going to look different for both of you. And men and women are very, very different. Like no. very, very different. And that was my next question for you. Um <laughs> Have you realized that men and women are different in how they operate since being married? Um, I'm not very new agey with like gender fluidity stuff, but I really think that men and women are, are, yes, they're different, but marriage hasn't really taught me that. You are just your own person that is super different from me, but most of it is just you being you. I don't think it's you being a woman. Really? I really think that there are probably dudes like you and women like I guess, me. I guess guys don't really talk about that kind of stuff, though. Like, I literally was sitting on the couch. No. Uh, yeah, but that's because I asked you the question. Oh. I was sitting on the couch with my friend um, yesterday or the other day, and we were um, laughing hysterically because we were talking about something that you and her husband both had done within marriage and I can't even remember the example now but there's so many things that I laugh at because it's just like you mentally operate different as a man because you do because you're a man because men and women operate differently I I just I personally even though even if there is a men and women operating differently like complex here you grew up with women and your dad but women your age everyone your age was a woman your sister (laughs) except my mom is not my age no no you grew up with a sister yes and then you moved in with someone your age that was a man and started noticing differences but for me I grew up with two sisters and a brother and when I moved in to see you there was nothing new like Mm. it wasn't like oh my gosh all of a sudden I'm living with this woman it was just like this is the same stuff okay but do I mentally operate okay we're not okay do you mentally operate differently than you yeah as a woman I don't I don't, I have no evidence to say that it's because you're a woman. You're just you. I'm sorry. I'm going to move on. Is this not the Catholic answer? That is not 
what everyone if you want hear. the catholic answers go listen to catholic what answers. has made you <laughs> what is something i have done that has made you pee your pants laughing these are my fun questions that time you forced me to drink three gallons of water what I, I made you drink i peed my pants it's a joke um, oh it's a dad joke <sighs> um something you've done that has made me pee my pants laughing you're the only one that pees your pants laughing okay i don't pee anymore really at all i never pee you're telling me that you Actually, peed your pants before you had a kid pregnant, and after you had a I kid i have not peed my pants <laughs> i think you just haven't laughed hard enough you're just not funny anymore then oh i've got jokes <laughs> they're not appropriate um okay um something that you've done oh gosh if i think too long then people think that i don't think you're funny yeah, maybe i'm not maybe you just don't like my questions maybe we should just be done yeah give the crowd what they want is that what you want everyone you want this to be done how about what irritates you the most about me? Oh. Things that I do. We're turning in a positive direction. On the daily. You should not have asked this when our drinks are empty. Should have been before. All right, we're doing this. Um, something that irritates me about Jenna. Um, that I do around the house. Oh, that you do around but the I, house. Well, I mean, it can be whatever. You can say whatever. Go ahead. Give me your best shot. Jenna doesn't clean cast iron skillets after that using them. That is not true. 100% Look in the, the kitchen. Time. 100% of the time. You, you've done it for like the past month. It's because I do it all the time. Maybe it's because I have a baby. To be honest, okay, I will <laughs> say that Jenna not doing things around the house bothered me before we had a kid. But now that we have a kid and she brings Adelaide to work with her. And this is, I'm not trying to open another can of worms here. I feel like there is not enough for me to do to feel like I do as much as she does. Aww. No, that's not an awe. That's a dang. Well, I say it's an awe. So aw. now when Jenna doesn't do something, it's like, dang, but she had to feed Adelaide, dress Adelaide, change Adelaide, get her in her thingy and put her in the car. She pooped a lot. Today. And then she pooped a lot today. And I'm like, well, I just got to wake up. <laughs> I got myself to work. I got myself to work. <laughs> And now I'm at home and I should probably just do everything. <laughs> so it really doesn't bother me anymore. That's good. You know what irritates me? What? When you leave beard clippings on the sink. That's not the only thing, but I'll leave it at that. You are going to... The cat irritates him. It irritates him <sighs> that I got a cat and then I got another. And I said... This cat that will I would only just be here for six one. months. But I kept it. And then I tricked Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I tricked Jenna into naming them after space uh, NASA missions. Yeah, because that was my way of convincing you that we could keep them. Yeah, worth it. Well, worth it um, for Gemini. Okay, so marriage is hard. Marriage, there's a lot. We've talked. I feel like we've talked about a lot of the struggle in marriage. You know. There's a, so yeah. many joys in marriage. There are, but I want to say that I'm really happy we're doing an episode about the struggles because for me when people said about when people talked about getting married and having a kid they always said it was so amazing and what a blessing it was and that did nothing for me to prepare me for those oh okay i was like wow babe you're gonna say that the baby sucks i don't baby sucks. amazing stop 
breastfeeding He's whispering joke. things. So. I'm 12. It didn't prepare you? No. Joy? Nobody. It, it, it didn't. Nobody prepared us for miscarriages. Nobody prepared us for having no. a baby in a 49-hour labor. How could you? But, <laughs> like, when now when people ask us how marriage is, it's like, man, we've learned so much. It's been so hard. But, yeah. dang, it's been worth it. Yeah. I, yeah. 100% yes. There's There are so many struggles, but there's so many joys. I mean, getting to wake up next to you and see quirky things like you waking up in the middle of the night when we have a two-week-old and acting like you're carrying a baby around when you're carrying a porcelain little bowl. Like, it's just like the funny things. I slept walk a lot in the first month so of So much life. sleepwalking happened. Um, terrifying sleepwalking. Actually, like, my doctor said, oh, your daughter was just doctor? born? It's time for you to give up caffeine f- for your stomach. Oh, yeah. That was a joy, That right? was a joy. It was joy. my joy junk and my Jesus. Joy junk and your Jesus. Praise be. Um, praise be. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of, like, really funny things. So, something to consider is always finding the joy in the mess in the chaos so our house is current well currently we have four chairs on our dining room table with three blankets covering them yeah creating a fort cool. 20 bucks this stays here because that's just who we no, are no 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 now no. if you are matt zemanek close. and eric zemanek that wouldn't stay no look how close the legs are of the chairs to the edge of the table this is not staying okay I'm just giving an example of what potentially would happen. You're just throwing happen. shade on Matt and Erica is what you I'm not do. throwing shade. I'm saying that they are more organized. We are not very organized. Oh, you're saying this. that they would take it down? Yes. Oh, yes. They would take it down. We I are the kind like, of people that be like, mm, it's good, and we'd leave. I feel like Matt would look <laughs> at it and say, it's probably best if we take it down. And, and then, then Erica would say, why are you taking it down? We didn't even get to play in the fort. I, Yeah. And then she'd be done with it and she'd be like, let's clean it up. And we are the kind of people that say, I don't want to brush my teeth. I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an every night kind of thing. But dang, that That's happens. bad hygiene. But um, we both also know how to end a podcast episode. Do we though? No. I'm just saying what I feel like we didn't get to focus on. I'm not in a rush, I'm everyone. I'm wrapping it up. I'm wrapping it up. Um, is that you no matter the mess no matter the struggle no matter what the heck is going on in your life if you're the woman um, you're probably right you need to seek seek the joy always especially in your marriage because it does get messy and it does does get junky and it does get super super hard and it can be really easy to focus on the negative and (laughs) to um not see the light and the beauty in it so Oh, I was listening to a podcast today. This has, this applies. And they were talking about how they felt like for the longest time, there could not be joy in the suffering. Um, And that joy comes after the suffering. But there is always joy in the suffering. And you just have to seek it out and find it. So, amongst the suffering of marriage, where has been a joy for you, Tony? And this is where we can end it. I think that a joy has really been, um, let's see, I I know what I want to say, but how to say it. Okay, so happiness for me, and this is often true, but oftentimes I feel like the only way I can make myself happy 
is if I can have organization in my life, is if I can have alone time, and is if I can get things done and be productive. Those are things that make me happy. But then I become unhappy when I focus on those things. Because they don't last. No, they last. They can last as long as I want them to. They're just not as fulfilling as I had hoped. Maybe that's what you meant by they don't last, possibly, mm-hmm. as she shakes her head. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is, is that when I slow down and really say, man, I'm really not giving enough time to my family, or I'm really focusing too much on work, or I'm really just, I'm really focusing so much on being organized myself that I'm becoming so unorganized in all the other areas of my life. That when I just kind of forget about everything and just like be home when Jenna gets home and spend time with the baby and just not have anything planned or not have anything on the to-do list, it's just so joyful. Hmm. And it's nice to know that that is awaiting me when I decide to slow down. was nice I like that for me I have one cheesy one my joy has been um, witnessing you become a dad and watching more of a comedy show it is and it's entertaining but it's also very joyful um watching you interact with Adelaide and Adelaide starting to interact with you has been she freaking loves me such a joy (laughs) and such a beautiful 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 experience but um I think another joy is just finding those quiet moments, just like you said, just finding those quiet moments where we can kind of reconnect um, and rediscover each other in just a new way um, and being just ourselves, but like learning something new still about one another because that still is happening. Yeah, but those times, and I agree with you, those times often come after times of confusion or argument or misunderstanding yeah so it's hard it's It's bittersweet but that is why there's joy yeah there will always be joy and there will always be something good to come because god is good Mm -hmm. um any last comments or feelings did you have a question for me no i spent all my time looking up dad jokes oh okay that's okay um so thank you for listening i hope this was something that helped and was beneficial to you guys or at least entertaining at least entertaining um because i just i feel like there's just not enough vulnerable moments where people share about the struggles of marriage um they talk about oh yeah i'm good and i'm okay and marriage is hard but it's good and they don't really go into depth about it so that's us that's tony thank you for joining thanks for having me i really feel like matt is so He's so smart and knowledgeable and so good at this podcasting thing mm-hmm. that it's intimidating coming on your show, but I had fun. Tony has a show. <laughs> I do. One Space of the things, messier. One of the things I had to drop. Yes. But, but it's coming back. Come back. So check him out on Space But Messier. Yeah, if you um, like space and want to know what's going on in the space industry or want to learn cool topics like our next episode's about the flat earth theory. Heck so yes. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so check him out. But 
We would love if you could like, subscribe, comment, give us a shout out on um, social media anytime. Check us out on our Instagram or, or our website, manafoodforthought.com. Um, and actually, just, just a quick request. If you guys, I don't know like how active you guys are on social media with engaging with Jenna and Matt here, but I would personally love to know what you thought about a lot of the things we talked about because these are things we're open about, but we covered a lot tonight that we, we haven't really discussed with a whole lot of people. So yeah. it'd be really cool to know if you guys struggle with the same things, if you've overcome the same things. Uh, where You're more curious like, yeah. for us to unwrap another or a topic that we talked about. Yeah. Briefly. Or if you heard something and you're like, man, I have advice for them. Heck yes. Um, Give us advice. Really like send them a message on Instagram or comment on the podcast. Or I don't know how it works. Do all that. We have Instagram. You guys seriously check out our Instagram. Um, I want to hear from you. I really, really desperately want to know who's listening to this podcast because we hear the people that are our friends. But I know there's a lot of you that um, are out there that I don't really get to know and hear from so please 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 email us uh contact us go on our website go on our instagram we have a facebook page um reach out to us because i really want to be praying for you guys and to journey with you along this podcast so check us out on all of our different social media matt usually does the end part and he is great at it yeah, and what this do we is say? my ending but the end the end <sighs> but we always say We will see you in the Eucharist. See you in the Eucharist. Bye, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me.